Is that too much? April 16th, 2018. You're listening to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. And I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Cold day in Morgantown. Not as cold as some of y'all out there are having. Because Michigan got up to a foot of snow. So there's that. Awesome. Game don't wait. We had absolutely beautiful weather here in Morgantown and in D.C. this weekend. Your boy was in our nation's capital. Taking in sights. And by sights, I mean Disney on ice for a second time in less than 12 months. (laughs) With Aaliyah and Nikki and Angel. It was a lot of fun, though. We uh, went to City Donner. Um, One of my favorite breakfast spots around there that Nikki introduced me to a few years ago on Saturday. And then yesterday we went to, uh, it was called the Tune In In Diner, I believe. It's uh, right on uh, Capitol Hill, essentially. Like, you can see the Capitol from it. It was really cool. Definitely a hole in the wall, but we all know holes in the walls are sometimes the best places to eat at. Um, besides that, nothing major about DC Report had gorgeous weather until yesterday. It cooled off, but we got back here. It's in the 80s, and now it is 42 degrees. And that's your weather report. And thank you for listening to Ivan Nation. Catch y'all next episode. Uh, well, sat around for a while after I, I pushed out 58 last Thursday and got it posted Friday. I was like, what am I going to do for episode 59? Because I'm still on this deadline. Marcus knows what the deadline is. We're not going to talk about the deadline, deadline though. Because as soon as I talk about the actual deadline, I won't make the damn thing. So, turns out I was gifted a perfect alley-oop to talk about for this episode. April 12th, Philadelphia. Two African-American men are in a Starbucks, hanging out, talking. They haven't purchased anything, but they're, they're just there waiting for a friend. And then they had planned, at least a friend, I believe, had planned on purchasing something. And either they were all going to hang out in the Starbucks for a brief time or they were going to move on to their next destination. Well... I don't know if you remember, but in episode 49, I pretty much said Starbucks was trash. And I love it when I'm proved right. Because I said Starbucks was trash. And I meant that shit. (laughs) But anyway, these two guys are just minding their business, talking quietly amongst themselves. Not really causing any kind of scene. 
one of the gentlemen asked if they could have the restroom code because this is a Starbucks that had a code on their door because it is a bigger city, a bigger city, and they don't want any kinds of non-paying riffraff going in and out using their bathroom, meaning small children, uh, the homeless. You know, when you see that in place, it normally means we don't want everybody in here just for the bathroom. That's universal. I get that. They ask for the restroom key. They're told code. They're told the restroom code is only for paying customers. At this point, according to reports, they did not argue this and explain that they were meeting, a friend was meeting them there at the place. And that's why they were there. They plan to make use of the facility as well as partake in maybe some, I don't know, I believe it was in the morning, so probably some some breakfast, uh, may, maybe a little Danish, maybe even get a drink. And maybe their friend definitely has a Starbucks thing, was like, I got to get my bucks, bros. And they're like, all right, whatever, yeah, well, we'll just meet you there. Starbucks is trash, but we listen to hyphenation. But if you really want Starbucks that bad, we're not going to stop you. Because hyphenation is a judgment-free zone, he said with a serious look on his face. <sighs> so, <laughs> they're cool about it. They don't make a big deal. Now, mind you, there had already been two other people come into Starbucks and did not pay and asked for the restroom code and was allowed access, and then they departed. So two things, either the problem lied in the fact that they weren't planning on departing or it was because they were black and hanging out in Starbucks and they made the manager uncomfortable. Anyway, after this discussion, the manager decides to call 911 because they're trespassing. At no point did the manager go to them and say, Excuse me, guys, if you're not going to pay for anything, would you mind leaving? While that's still pretty messed up, they are at that point loitering, trespassing. They're not buying anything. I know they're supposed to meet their friend there, but if they've already been there for a while, they're making the manager uncomfortable, and the manager just wants to them to move along, even if they return later, that's fine. But at no point does anyone say this to them. So the police show up. Put them in handcuffs. Get arrested for trespassing. Read them, right, read them their rights. At one point their friend shows up. And attempts to explain the situation. But is left alone. I mean but they, they still get hauled off and arrested. Obviously there's no way these charges are going to stick. I don't know if they detained them. I don't even know if they actually filed charges past them being arrested publicly. But yeah. Starbucks is trash. By the way, this episode of Hyphenation is sponsored by Circle K Chocolate Covered Cherry Cappuccino. <laughs> but I, I told you. Anyway. So, so let's try to unpack this, man. So 
they should have said to the guys, can you please leave the establishment because you're not buying anything. If you want to come back with your friend in a little bit, that's fine. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they were there long enough for this to be an issue. And I'm even going to give them the benefit of the doubt in this scenario and say, if they had walked in and said, do you mind if we use your restroom? I don't think it would have been an issue. They would have been given the code, they could have done their business, and then they would have been expected to leave. I don't want to think that Starbucks is that evil, despite my reservations. And the fact they let two other non-black people go into the restrooms earlier. I don't want to make it seem like they're that bad. On the other hand, the manager could have been so nervous about two black people sitting in Starbucks. And I don't know what the temperature was in Philly on Thursday. I don't know if it was cold, if it was hot, if it was, you, you know, like, I'm not taking any of this in consideration. I don't know if one of them had a hat on. I don't know if one of their faces had it. They had a scarf around their neck and they thought they could possibly pull the scarf up. Who knows? The point is, when you're in management, unless you really feel like there is a direct threat that needs to be addressed immediately, you should still take the conversation to the customer and explain your stance. So you sh they should have been like, you guys have been here for a while, you're not buying anything, could you please leave? Sure. Then the story would have been black people thrown out of Starbucks. But at the same time, you dig a little deeper and you'll have those people read the headline, oh, fuck Starbucks. And then it's like, you read the story, it's like, oh, well, I see where they were coming from. Should it be that way? But no, it shouldn't be that way. But this is the world we live in. But the manager took it up one step further and just called 911 without having this conversation. So then it flips the whole narrative. Then everybody is, all of a sudden Starbucks is this evil racist corporation. I always thought they were evil, but not racist. Their coffee's terrible. And then they have this negative PR from a situation that could have been handled in a different way. Which brings me to my semi-next topic that I want to talk about. Starbucks is wrong. Let's just throw that out there. They had no business throwing those guys out like that and bringing police into it and embarrassing them publicly by having them arrested. And forgive me that I don't know whether or not they are awaiting arraignment or what. Common sense says these charges should have been dropped. And there's nothing to them now. Especially if Starbucks wants to save face and just let this wash away. 
I don't know. It's all stupid to me, personally. Personally. Which brings me to my next segue to the next topic. Two weekends ago, Chadwick Boseman hosted Saturday Night Live. And he was in many of the sketches. He was in a funny Black Jeopardy sketch where he played Chichala, reprised his role as a Black Panther, as well as in other sketches that I also checked out and enjoyed. I was telling my friend, I was saying, hey, did you see any of, hear about Chadwick Boseman being on Saturday Night Live? It's pretty funny. He was in this great Black Jeopardy sketch, and one of the funniest jokes wasn't really even, was kind of a throwaway gag to me. So I, I started to explain it to him. Like, look, they're, at one point, they're going through all these questions, and then they throw it to the sponsors. Keenan does. Keenan Thompson. And Keenan proceeds, well, the announcer proceeds to talk about Sprite. And the voiceover says, Sprite, how did we become the black soda? We don't know. I thought that was hilarious. And I was trying to explain this to them, and they're like, well, I don't think it should be about being a black soda. Like, Sprite's not a black soda. I never think that about Sprite. They were white. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there. I never think about it as a black soda. So, I start trying to defend this argument, but then I m- messed up. So, here's what happened. I'm like, if you really think about it, though, Sprite's been a black-ass soda for a long-ass time. Because when I was a kid, I don't know, circa 94, I feel like, Sprite, in correlation with the NBA, started using their athletes, their black athletes, in many commercials that were well-received in urban areas. Because... Let's face it, NBA stars, especially in the 90s, are some of the most revered stars of our day. And I do mean revered. Especially when I was a kid. Jo- I mean, Jordan obviously didn't push Sprite. He was a Gatorade guy by then. But Jordan, Kobe... Grand Hill, Tim Duncan, like all of these guys were drinking Sprite. And they were just so happened to be the most popular athletes in the world at this time. Everybody was in a Sprite commercial, just like all the rappers were in O'Doul's commercials. It, it almost went hand in hand. And Say what you will, and I backpedaled away from this. I don't, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have. But say what you will, Sprite was not that big of a deal going into the 90s. They were a Coca-Cola product. But when I remember Lemon Lime Soda from being younger, I remember... 7-Up, and I feel like there was another one. 
But I feel like 7-Up was the one that I remember as a kid because they had Cool Spot. They had Spot. And that might even not start until the 90s, but I definitely remember there being a Spot. So I'm going to say it was late, mid to late 80s when Spot showed up on 7-Up. So 7-Up was the main soda when it came to lemon lime drinks. And Sprite wasn't even on the radar. I can say firsthand that I started drinking more Sprite because of all the NBA commercials. A hundred percent. So yeah, you can say that say that white kids love Grand Hill drinking a Sprite as much as a black kid did, but it had the biggest impact on black people. Black people love Sprite. To this day, I still love a great Sprite. And white person ex machina can love Sprite just as much, but you don't see Sprite being pushed to those markets. You see, they still run that Drake commercial from 2009 with Forever on it. I still see that from time to time. They still use NBA players in Sprite commercials. Oh, huh. What's the one where that really famous NBA player, uh, you know, is playing baseball and they're like, oh, so-and-so comes to the mound and he, he has like this full beard and like this kind of old school uh, baseball uniform on. Oh, LeBron James. You mean the most famous, best NBA player in the world at this current moment, even if he's down one game in Indiana Pacers right now, LeBron James pushes Sprite? No way. Serious? Come on. Why would LeBron James push Sprite? Come I mean, that's definitely going to make little Billy be like, I want to have a Sprite. But it's going to make little Saquon and little LeBron and little Jordan and little Penny and little Kobe and little T-Mac all want to go to the local bodega and get themselves a Sprite. Sprite has been targeting black people for years. And when they started doing that, that's when they overtook 7-Up. And I'm not reading Wikipedia, but I feel like if I looked at it, those facts would be backed up as the leading lemon-lime soft drink. Because they were hitting that black demographic. And they still, to this day, hit the black demographic. Without black people, Sprite would not be a big, as big of a deal. I'm just going to say that. So they were like, why do you always got, why is there always got to be race attached to it and stuff? I'm like, race is attached to everything. It is. It reminds me of what Marlo said to that security guard. You, you wanted to be one way. In season, I think that was season four of The Wire. Spoilers, Marlo ends up killing the security guard. Because they had a little small brief disagreement. It's like you wanted to be one way, but it's the other way. And that's exactly what this is. So, Sprite's a black soda. It was a funny joke, and it is what it is. I wish I hadn't backed off of it, though. I do. Because. I feel 100% supporting the fact that without black people, Sprite would not be the soft drink it is today. 
just like this Circle K chocolate-covered cherry cappuccino would not be getting as much promo on the show as it does today without a black person. So on to Black Jeopardy. It's T'Challa. And of course the object of Black Jeopardy is to give the blackest answers ever. I'm not up on my Black Jeopardy, so I'm not up on the sketch history. I, I plan on going onto a YouTube deep dive and catching up on some of them. But T'Challa's answers are very wholesome. Like, um, why is your cable bill in your grandmother's name? And he's like, to honor her as the, as the um, foundation of the family. And the answer is because you're trying to save up for a car and you don't need anything messing up your credit. <laughs> Another answer would be uh, suspicious um, something suspicious happened in your neighborhood and <laughs> and the police officers come to ask you questions what do you do and then Jajala gives a very diplomatic answer I would help them uh, assist them with any questions they have and I would help them find this person so we can have a safer neighborhood <laughs> and then Keenan's eyes go wide or whatever he's like yeah it should be that way but it's not and then the, the last portion is uh, is uh, something about white people. I forget the category exactly, but your friend Karen brings her famous potato salad to your cookout. I think, and maybe it's all oh, hell nah. I don't know. But essentially, Chichala goes, I think I'm getting the hang of this. So you're telling me that Karen, she is Caucasian. <laughs> and even though I've never had potato salad... <laughs> <laughs> she probably put things that did not need to be in it, like raisins and other things. <laughs> and essentially, the, the punchline of the joke is he's like, Oh, hell nah, Karen. Get your bland ass uh, potato salad out of here. <laughs> you gotta go watch. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. <laughs> and Chadwick did his damn thing. As far as hosting, uh, his, his monologue uh, was pretty good. And of course, he hit his James Brown moves because he's played James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and Shachala. Four historical black figures in history. If anybody wants to say Shachala is not historical after that film, you can fight me. Fight me. Fight me, Karen. Next topic. <laughs> I, I thought of this late last night when, what was I watching? I was, oh, I was watching NBA Desktop with Jason Concepcion from The Ringer. And he mentioned that after it broke that Tristan Thompson was caught cheating on Khloe Kardashian, who was days away from giving birth, after he got caught cheating in New York, at the next Cavs home game, he came in off the bench, and the PA announcer didn't even announce him. <laughs> Whether that was an oversight or a punishment, I don't know. <sighs> but we're, we're not here to talk too much about Tristan uh, <laughs> and his mistakes, but 
I'm here to talk about the elephant in the room that goes with Tristan and the reason why he's being outed as far as getting caught on TMZ sneaking Instagram models into his room <laughs> in New York City. And that's the Kardashians, man. Love them or hate them, the Kardashians are still relevant, even today. So, so let me explain a little bit about my Kardashian history. I came across the Kardashians the same way that most people did <laughs> through a, a little video, a very terrible video. I don't. That's not a recommendation. Don't watch that. <laughs> don't watch it. A little video put together by Brandy's little brother <laughs> and uh, Robert and Chris Jenner's Robert Kardashian and Chris Jenner's daughter Kimberly. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> anyway, Kim spun her newfound fame into a reality show funded by E, e News, by, by the E Network, and Ryan Seacrest. Into Keeping Up with the Kardashians, a show that starred not only Kim, but her sisters, her, her older sisters, Chloe, Courtney, her mother, Chris. Chris's husband, Bruce, and Bruce and Chris's two young children, Kylie and Kendall, as well as some Rob. We see Rob intermittently. <laughs> Why am I talking about this? Anyway, from there, the phenomenon grew. People, millions upon millions of people tuned in, watched Keep It Up with the Kardashians. I'm not going to lie, there for a while I was watching it. I wasn't watching it as a fan. I was literally just watching it to see. Because it was, I mean, it was fun to keep up with them dumb people. I mean, none of it was based on reality. Kim would cry. Courtney was a bitch. Chloe was the only sane one. The kids were the kids. Bruce and Chris would fight. Rob would pop up. You know, and I mean, it was, it was whatever when it first started. And like most things, everybody thought it would fade into obscurity. But it didn't. The brand only grew. Now, I guess you could say it really started when, because Chloe was with Scott Disick, Lord Disick, from the beginning of the show. And... They were having problems the first time. So they spun off the Kardashians, and this is all from my mental Rolodex, so don't quote me on any of this, but this is kind of how I see it happening. They spun off the Kardashians into Chloe and Courtney Take Miami, a show where Chloe and Courtney would go to Miami and have their own little spinoff. They did that. Courtney turns up pregnant with the first kid from by Sky. So there goes that idea. Around that time, I think by the time all that was settling, that's when Kim got involved with your boy, Chris Humphreys. Um, this is after dating Reggie Bush. Yeah, I think she was dating Reggie Bush when he lost the Super Bowl. Or did he lose? Was he on the, No, he was on the Saints. Or did he lose two? Did he lose another Super Bowl? Am I thinking about the wrong football player? No. Uh, Reggie Bush. 
I might be thinking about the wrong football player. <laughs> she dated a couple of football players. She hit a lot of dudes. No judgment zone, though. Hyphenation, judgment-free zone. Kim starts dating Chris. Fast tracks the dating to engagement, and soon they're married. Uh, around this time, Courtney's had her first kid. The kids are growing up. Bruce and Chris are fine. And that's when a little song comes out by Kanye West that was then called Cold, which ultimately became Theraflu, which ultimately landed on a DJ Khaled album, Six Degrees of Separation with DJ Khaled. And and then uh, that's when Kanye uttered her words, God, when did he say that? It was before Jesus. He was with her by Jesus. So this is like 2012. It was after Watch the Throne. Comes out and pretty much says he's been in love with Kim for years now. Circa graduation era. Chris and Kim were having problems anyway. They break up, get divorced. Kanye swoops in. <laughs> and so Kanye joins the Kardashian family. But he wasn't the first famous black man to join the Kardashian family. That would be Lamar Odom. We found love in a foreign place indeed. Lamar Odom and Chloe fell in what I truly believe was love. And this was circa, I think it was around the time he won the second title in, in LA in 2010. And then we all know what happened from there. 2012, uh, the lockout. When was the lockout? The lockout was 2011, 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. So going into the lockout season, the Lakers try to trade Lamar for Chris Paul. The league vetoes it because they own uh, the Pelicans at that point, or the Hornets at that point. And so they veto it. Lamar gets sent back to L.A. Lamar is pissed and and dumbfounded considering that they're only a year removed from the championship. He spirals into a deep depression. Despite all of Chloe's efforts, he continues to spiral down even after a trade to Dallas and eventually flames his way out of the NBA and then finds himself in hella problems with drugs. Gets to the point where poor Chloe has to divorce him. And if you peeped any of the episodes of Keeping Up the Kardashians, or they, I believe there's a Chloe Lamar show too. If you peeped out any of the stuff that Chloe ever said, and this is why I, I fuck with Chloe. Chloe's the only real one out of the whole bunch. At least out of the older ones. Like, you could tell Chloe was genuinely upset for Lamar. She loved him. She, they tried to have kids. It didn't work out. And she did everything in her power to try to keep their marriage together. And she just ultimately couldn't do it. Completely understandable. So she had to let him go. So Chloe and Lamar break up. Kanye's in the family now. Courtney pops out. Not one, but two more kids by Disick, I think. <laughs> Before finally giving up on him. And he's dating some uh, Sophia Richie. Is that right? Don't quote me. He's dating her now, and she's out and about being whatever. Of course, if if you dare to be brave and want to go back and rewatch those keeping with keeping up with the Kardashian episodes from the early seasons, 
you can slowly see Bruce and Chris's marriage fall apart. And ultimately, we get to the day where Chris and Bruce, I don't even know, if, I don't even know if they were, they might have been separated. But I don't think they were completely divorced by the time that she became Caitlyn. Caitlyn Jenner debuts, which is, if anybody who could have made some wild, has made some hot ass takes on the Kardashians when it first started, I doubt that Bruce Jenner changing genders would have been high up on the list. But Caitlyn Jenner has debuted. Uh, I believe Kim is pregnant with Kanye's first kid, North. Courtney's still fighting with Scott. Chloe's still trying to find her way with James Harden or whatever NBA player uh, would like to give her the time of day. Because Chloe likes her NBA players, and, and I just want the best for Chloe. Meanwhile, Kylie is dating Tyga, who's a piece of trash, garbage, terrible, rapping wise, person wise, whatever. Kendall is modeling. Kendall's one claim to fame is she did a really bad Pepsi ad, I think, that pretty much said war can be stopped with a flower and a gun. I don't remember. It was a big old deal when it happened. People were like, I'm outraged at this white woman for thinking this. This famous white woman, they had to pull the plug on the ad and everything. It was bad. Uh, Kylie's getting gets into cosmetics, dates Tyga, breaks up with Tyga. Tyga happens to have a baby mama by the name of Black China, a former stripper, Judgment Free Zone, who he has a child with. And so he's always dealing with that on the side. Uh, Kim gets pregnant again, this time with Saint. Chloe continues to date basketball men. I don't know when Tristan Thompson came in the picture. Whatever. Courtney's left Scott. Kylie and Tyga is still dating off and on. Caitlyn's here. Chris is... I don't know, man. I'm going to just say that I feel bad for Chris about the whole Caitlyn thing. I understand that Caitlyn needed to do that for her. I think she may have went about it all wrong when it came to Chris because I still feel like Chris was truly blindsided as anyone could be in the Kardashian family about what happened to her marriage. And I think she still suffers the effects today. Because if you look at Chris today, pictures of her today, and then you look at her five years ago, they're not the same, man. Nothing was the same is the perfect term for Chris Kardashian or Chris Jenner. Why am I talking about all this? Um, oh, yeah. Let's not forget the fun part where somehow Black China decides to start dating Rob Kardashian, gets engaged to him, gets pregnant by him, and has his baby. And then after a false start, promptly has an epic Instagram breakup with him. So now there is a, a Black China baby. With Rob. A black China baby with Tyga. Kylie ends up breaking up with Tyga. And from there... <laughs> Kylie starts seeing Travis Scott. <laughs> Gets pregnant by Travis Scott. Hides her pregnancy for damn near the last second until she has a baby like in February. Kylie's just still being Kylie. I mean, Kendall's still being Kendall. 
Kim and Kanye have a third baby via, via ser surrogate because Kim has had two high-risk pregnancies. Chloe's dating Tristan Thompson, finally gets pregnant. A week before she's supposed to give birth, the baby's here now. Tristan Thompson is caught with two Instagram girls going into a hotel room. And the car official Kardashian word is everything is fine. But the reason I talked about all this is because I just want to talk about Chloe for a second, man. And yes, I'm dead ass. I want to talk about Chloe for a second. How in the world does someone like her, who seems to be anti Hollywood lifestyle, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's definitely enjoyed the perks. But seems like the most down-to-earth one out of all of them. How is it that she not only has the cheating boyfriend before their baby is due together, not only does she try to save Laura Odom multiple times before finally having to give up on their marriage, not only all that, not only, and yeah, I'm going to say it, not only... Do the rumors constantly swirl that she might be OJ's and not Robert Kardashian's? Not only does all that happen, but she gets stuck in this family circus that is the Kardashians. Oh, that was a bad bump. I hate Morgantown bumps. Let me check my tire pressure. Make sure nothing's Falling down. If I start losing air, whoop, may want to stop. Anyway, <laughs> how does Kim, Chloe? I just feel bad, man. And I've always said Chloe's my favorite Kardashian, but she just gets, she just routinely gets the short end of the stick when it comes to the Kardashians. <sighs> she, she really needs to divorce her family. I mean, in the past two years, she got herself nice and healthy. Seemed to have more confidence than she ever had in her whole life. Thought she found love with a trash-ass baller. And yes, Tristan Thompson, you're trash. You haven't had a meaningful NBA, meaningful rebound since June of 2016. And I'm not even sure if that came in the NBA Finals. So yeah, you're trash. You got paid because of LeBron. And now, who knows what's going to happen to the Cavs? I'm down 1-0 to the Pacers. I mean, 0-1 oh, to the Pacers. Not up 1-0. That's the whole reason I wanted to talk about the Kardashians. Just say how sorry I am for Chloe, And admit how much that I love Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me a trash person. I don't think there's anything wrong with loving the most down-to-earth Kardashian and wishing she had a better life. I don't see anything wrong with it. Poor Chloe, man. So from that, and yes, folks, this is what happens when you try to squeeze weeks' worth of shows into a tiny two-week window to meet a deadline. And I'm sorry. Not sorry. Last topic. I said I was going to do this. 
and I did it, and then I promptly forgot. I don't think I mentioned it on the show, but because it's been, it's been a little bit since I actually listened to it. I listened to Eminem's newest album, Revival. And I've got to say, it's his least impressive album since Encore. I'm not going to say Relapse, because I really like Relapse. Just, I don't know going into this what he was thinking. Because if you look at other people, especially ones that have been on the list here recently, who made episode 38, at least honorable mentions, or the actual top 20. Jay dropped Fire. Wayne dropped Dedication. Dedication 5. No, Dedication 6. And Dedication 6 Reloaded. And they're both fire recommendations. Little Wayne, Dedication 6. Um... And you just see a stepping up of the collective games when it comes to lyrics and content and music. I have not seen that from Eminem, at least not this album. I think... And I feel like I'm good to say this. I think the Donald Trump thing was a miscalculation. The Donald freestyle rap should not have happened. It was a bad move on his part. While it was uniquely different and it had people talking about him and BT Cypher. I think it made people expect more than what we were getting. And to be honest, I know I was excited when I heard the freestyle. I mentioned it on the air before on the World's Greatest Podcast, in case you forgot what you're listening to. But looking at it now, it's just okay. He didn't do anything. It hasn't aged well, essentially is what I'm getting at. So, Revival. Whereas, I felt like on Marshall Mathers LP 2. M really seemed to take care to spend a lot of time showing how well he could rap. You had Rap God, you had uh, Bad Guy, the... I think it was Bad Guy. Whatever that uh, sequel to Stan was. There's a couple of tracks near the end of the album. Evil Twin. And there's one on the bonus tracks where he is just spazzing. And Rap God. You can't leave out Rap God. And I really felt like Marshall Mathers LP cemented everything Eminem had done up to that point. That is why I was so comfortable giving him the third spot. Because I felt like he hadn't left nothing else on the table. If we never got another Eminem album, 
The Marshall Mathers LP sealed his legacy. But we did get another Eminem album. And the only way I can describe it is he's done so much and proved himself so many times over that he's so bored that he is literally doing the dumbest shit he can do in order to see if he can get it to put this on the album. And it's snowing in Morgantown. Ugh. Let me just do a quick rundown of these songs. Welcome Water is better than I, I thought. Believe eh, Chloroseptic, the remix is better. Untouchables, meh. Rivers, meh. Remind me. Meh. I can't even remember these songs. Bad Husband is good. The songs where he actually focuses on, instead of him just being silly and saying dumb stuff, like there's literally a hook on here that samples a children's song. And it's so bad. And even for Eminem, so vulgar that it just completely distracts you away from what you're trying to do, which is enjoy Eminem's music. When he actually gets introspective, like on Bad Husband, where he looks at him and Kim's failed relationships. That's a great song. The album Closer, Castle and a Rose, those put together maybe top 10, 15 Eminem songs ever. Castle tells a story of him writing letters to Haley about him trying to make it and and what is happening as things go on and it ends with him overdosing um overdosing shortly after proof pass a rose is about him essentially dying in the hospital but then because he didn't actually do it he's able to rewind the track back to a section in castle right where he overdoses he decides to flush the met flush the pills and then he lives. It's quite awesome. And there is awesome music to be filmed. But it's all... He would have been better off to release an EP of just the good music. But who's to say that he wasn't just... In, that he didn't like the bad music just as much as he loved the good music. And that's something a lot of artists suffer from, is they can't let go of certain songs, and they think it's dope, and then it's not really fire. And then they gotta deal with the consequences when the album comes out. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't recommend this. If you are a diehard Eminem completist, like I kind of have become, other than the fact I haven't listened to Infinite, or all of the D12 albums, but I think I'm forgiven on those. I think it's okay if you skip Revival. There are really good songs on this album, though, but then there's also bad songs, like... I think Untouchable is a song where he plays the perspective of the black guy and the white guy, and it doesn't work. 
There's genius M&M moments, though. But then he has Ed Sheeran on River. And I don't agree with Ed Sheeran anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like he's, he's just manufactured pop of this generation. And then 10 years from now, obviously, and let's do a bracket about the best Ed Sheeran songs. Let's go. Shape of You is number one. <laughs> I feel like he just challenged himself to see he was really just made this album for his entertainment only and he can do that at this point. And it's a letdown for us fans. This is exactly what it is. Proceed with caution. I don't know if I said that was the last topic, but I do have an addendum topic. Late breaking news. I don't know how late it was for one of the things. But late Headline <laughs> breaking news. Let's just call it breaking news. Drake is putting out a new album in June, y'all. <laughs> what up, Mike Lamb? You excited? You excited for Drizzy season, baby? Yeah. Yeah. Say it like Cortez would say it. Uh, he, he announced his, uh, his new album will be called Scorpion. And will be out this June. So we will all see where post-views and post-more-life Drake goes. Whether he will return to the heights that was if you're reading this and nothing was the same and take care. Or if he will continue his spiral that started with views and more life. I think it will be, a, I think it'll be an improvement on where he is now on his previous two releases. So I'm excited for that. First thing, first thing that I uh, thought about, though, as some jerk honks behind me, even though I was clearly pushing my gas. Uh, I can't live in a city. <laughs> first thing came to mind, though, was that Eve album, Scorpion. Her 2001, I want to say it was her sophomore album. Because her first album was Rough Riders First Lady. That was like 99. Scorpion was 2001. And then she had... Was Evolution in... 2002 or something? The one that had... I gonna rock you. Oh, I wanna rock you. Was that it? Um, and I just got this image of... Drake with red hair <laughs> making a meme out of that somebody making a meme out of that album cover from 2001 so I'm sure it's out there already and lo and behold on the Twitter moments uh, I've mentioned this guy on the show before Dart Adams out of uh, Massachusetts hip hop historian and Twitter pro he, he made a comment about Drake about Drake naming his album after Eve's 2001 album as well. So that was funny. And then late last night. Late breaking news. Vietnam's own. Jermaine Cole is throwing his hat into the ring again for the first time since 2016. 
bringing us his new album, K.O.D. When, you ask? On 420, this Friday, Aaliyah's birthday. Not only will my daughter turn four this Friday, but she is going to, well, I'm also going to get gifted with a new J. Cole album. How freaking awesome is that? So new Cole, Drake in June. Proceed to revival with caution, please. Please with caution. Be careful. It's it's dangerous out there, man. Proceed to revival with caution. And that's it. I, I gotta say. <laughs> I'm I'm dying to hit this deadline. If I once I hit this deadline, and we'll talk about it once. I get to that point where I feel like I want to hit it because there's still a chance something could go wrong and I can't put this out put, hit this deadline Marcus knows what the deadline is making up for several weeks worth of shows in a two week period is a bitch especially for me because podcasting 101 go back to episode 31 the way that I do the show is I'll have a topic and I just kind of go with things that happen. So if it's pop culture related, music related, uh, movie related, TV related, anything like that, I will just go ahead and add them to my show topics. And then I'll sit down either the week of the show release, which is normally on Fridays, or if I'm extremely lucky, I'll sit down a week ahead of the show release and then I'll do the show. And when I'm doing it in that format, I feel like I do a good job. I feel like 59, 58 were lacking. 57 was good because 57 had topics I had built for it. 56 was Disney. 55 had topics that was built for it. But coming up with all this stuff on the fly, like literally, I had nothing for 59 as of Sunday... Saturday afternoon? I don't even... I can't even remember. I I can't even remember... What what I had. Like, I, I'm going to have to actually pull up the Google Docs... Uh, to see what's in my show topics. Because I've already forgotten what I've talked about. Uh, I know the Kardashian thing came to me on Sunday night. Um, cause so, the, somebody made a Tristan Thompson comment. Oh, I don't like, I was literally reading about the Starbucks thing. I'd heard about it on Saturday and I was literally reading about the Starbucks incident Sunday evening. And I said, I was going to talk about it. And then that reminded me of the conversation about black jeopardy and Sprite and everything else. So those segue, that segue for a conversation I had Friday. So I literally had nothing. At all. And then Revival Review came to me yesterday after I recorded the first part of the episode. And then thankfully Drake and J. Cole announced they were dropping new albums last night to hopefully push this runtime to an hour. Which is the only reason that is my main goal. I want the episode to be at least an hour. 
And I'm like, oh, you only want to do an hour? How come I sit through two hours and 45 minutes of conversations with you and Marcus and Eric and, and your wife? And it's like, huh, because y'all love it. Shut up. You know you do. If you want to be a part of Hyphen Nation, this is what you're going to do. Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, rate Hit us with that five stars. You give me that five stars. More people will see the show and get to appreciate the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. If you leave a review, I will read it good or bad. I won't read spam though. So if you say something about great post, <laughs> um, thanks. I don't think iTunes has a spam problem though. It's Apple. So who knows what their actual problems are, but spam is normally not one of them. Uh, also, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Apple Podcasts, the podcast app on your iPhone. That way, you never miss an episode as soon as it goes live on hyphenpodcastgroup.com. You'll have it. Speaking of hyphenpodcastgroup.com, all the episodes are on there. Every podcast I've ever done is on there. All the hyphen podcast group podcasts are on there, including a new episode of It's Like a Podcast or whatever that just came out called uh, oh, wrestling. Ah, oh. real wrestling. Real wrestling. Episode season two, episode thirteen. Everyday Rogue and Handsome Bane just put that out on Sunday. Um, so it is up on the site and available for your perusal. And a new episode of Lemon on the Edge went up last Friday alongside Hyphenation Fifty Eight. So me and Lane are back at it. We're going to try to get together every two weeks, so you can check that out on hyphenpodcastgroup.com. The other sponsor of the show, Mark Rob, the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com, ran by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson, insightful views, and not Drake's views, insightful views from the DMV, from a DC boy, uh, brought to you whenever he feels like it, and whenever he brings it, it's usually fire. So make sure that you're checking that out. I just reposted a piece he did about uh, some James Baldwin, uh, some James Baldwin material that he had went to go see. I believe he went. Don't quote me, Marcus. I'm sorry. I believe the post was about he had went to an exhibit of for James Baldwin and he likened it to some of the things that was happening in America at this time. So I just reposted that on my Twitter. So there's a lot of good stuff on there. Please check that out. TheMarkRob.WordPress.com. Google Play Music. All the episodes of Hyphenation are available there. You go there. You play it. Um, please rate and review on there as well. It's the same idea as iTunes, just not as big of a level. But the more that you do it there, I would imagine the more chances, more eyes will see it. And that more people pay attention to the world's greatest podcast, as you should be. If you go to the actual post on hyphenpodcastgroup.com for any of our shows. You'll see a link that says subscribe on Android. If you do this on your mobile device, you click it with your Android, it'll bring up a list of apps you can download for podcast purposes that you can listen to the shows on. So make sure that you're checking that out if you're an Android user. Stitcher, hyphenation's on there. Tune The TuneIn app, check us out on there. I say us like it's more than us, but I guess I'm talking about Marcus too, so I, it's better that I say us instead of making it sound like that I have a symbiote that I live with and I say we all the time. So, 
Yeah. Lost my train of thought. Stitcher, TuneIn app, Pocket Cast, Player, Player.fm, Hyphen Nation podcast on Google. It'll bring us up like right after that. Hyphen Nation, Hyphen Dash Nation podcast. This is the real Hyphen Nation. This is the real. This is what you need to have in your life every week, even though I might be thinking about something in the show, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but again, that might just be frustration from me having done so many shows so many in a row. So don't hold me to that, but you didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> I'm losing my mind here, people. What else brings you podcast joy? Um, I said Pocket Cast. Still haven't fixed Mixcloud. YouTube.com slash be hyphen. All the episodes are on there. All the hyphen podcast group shows are on there. Um, you can find them there, hyphenuniverse.com. That's my personal website. Um, any podcast that I'm involved with goes up there. So you can find it on there. I, I feel like there's a major app that I'm missing, but I don't, maybe there's not. Uh, Blueberry, we're on the Blueberry directory. Um, Blueberry helps power hyphenpodcastgroup.com and is the reason why I was able to consolidate most everything into one space. The only thing I don't have is my actual um, episodes. The actual MP3s are not hosted on hyphenpodcastgroup.com and that's the only thing that's outsourced. Everything else is all in-house now. Which makes my life hella easier. Hella easier. Shout out to my girl Chrissy. Uh, she is pregnant and living in California now and she said hella. When she came here from California, I made fun of her and she told me everybody says hella. So now I say hella. And I don't know if it made me any cooler or not, but shout out to her and all the best to her and her her uh unborn and to uh her baby daddy. Anyway, <laughs> back to the topic. If you're in the RSS feeds. You can use feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphen nation 2016, or you can go to the official hyphen nation page on hyphen podcastgroup.com. There's an RSS link page. RSS, RSS link. Take that link, turn that some bitch sideways, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, and you can get all 59 episodes of Fire! Right in your podcast listening device, you're welcome. Whether that be your laptop, your Zoom, your iPod, your MP3 player that you've had for years, whatever the case, whatever you listen to the podcast on, thank you for all the attention. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. It goes right to my head. B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com at B hyphen on Twitter, Facebook.com slash hyphen universe. The be hyphen on Instagram, also hyphen pod group on Twitter, Facebook.com slash hyphen podcast group and hyphen podcast group on Instagram as well. In case you want to do any of those things. Or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. Did I already say that once? I don't care. Say it again. Uh so hug your dad, kiss your mom, dap up your brother. Slap fight with your sister. Call your cousin. Write your aunt an email. Um, write your uncle a letter. Go see your fourth cousin twice removed. Go see your stepdad. Go see your grandmother. Go hug your grandfather. Try to have genuine interactions with people. It goes a long way. It truly does. Power positivity is real. <laughs> 
Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, because making sure you're happy is priority number one, always. Always. You can ask Michael Scott. He wasn't happy with Jan. He had a dinner party. And finally, even though he realized the season before, of course, Jan didn't have breast implants at the time, he realized that Jan made him miserable and Michael Scott moved on. You have to get the negativity out of your life too, just like Michael Scott did. Is that my words for wis- of wisdom for today? Here's my words of wisdom. Here's my little thing to end the show with. Stop snowing! Stop! Stop! It's not accumulating, but it's April 17th. Dang! Dang! Dang, Dana! Come on, man. That's it. That's all I got, I swear. Thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Thank you for everybody who's passed on the show. Continue to spread the word. Word of mouth like Ludacris in 2001. Let everybody know about my podcast business. And yes, I just came up with that on the spot. I'm hilarious like Nick Cannon. Let's see how many more data references I can get. Nah, but serious. Thank you all. Love you all. Podcast not podcast is an ending. That I know of. Yeah. Seriously. Next time, I have no freaking idea. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>